Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. The hang ups we have today. Welcome into episode 205 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is presented by our good friends at Condado Tacos at the Summit at Fritz Farm. Stop in to see our friends at Condado to try some of their summer features like the mango guacamole or chicken bacon ranch taco. They've also got happy hour deals like the $6 house marks Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. We love tacos at KSR. So our partnership with Condado was perfect to fuel our crew for the big week of Bahamas coverage. Kentucky goes 4-0 during that stretch. We are now home. We are now revived. We are good. We are full on Condado tacos. So uh, appreciate our uh, an amazing partnership there uh, with Condado. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very excited for our first live edition of the Sources Say podcast with Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, look how beautiful this is. This is amazing. We have fans coming in. We have comments rolling in. Uh, this is going to be a good time. Yeah, this is, uh, as I'd say it, this is fantastic, Jack Pilgrim. <laughs> it's how we would start this show. And I'm excited about this. This is a really cool feature that we have here that I hope that our listeners really start to enjoy as we go throughout this college basketball season and, and leading up to it even. 
Yeah, so we're going to be answering any and all questions that come in through uh, this comment stream, comment on this YouTube page, uh, whatever questions you have, recruiting, current team uh, you know, intel, buzz, what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, we are going to be talking any and all Kentucky basketball here on this show, recruiting whatever you guys want to know about. We are here uh, ready for you. I, Sean, am coming off uh, a very busy weekend. I don't know if you saw on Twitter or uh, some of my posts on uh, KSR, but I made a little bit of a fool of myself. Did some good things, but um, not so good things as well uh, at Rupp Arena. It was my second year at the Players' First Fantasy Experience. Uh, it was basically a bunch of grown men that make way too much money coming together uh, under one roof at Rupp Arena. I am not one of those men making way too much money. I was just very graciously, uh, graciously and uh, gratefully appreciated, uh, invited by the Pro Camps people. Uh, it was a great time uh, there. Uh, and uh, I, we won the, the championship there at Rupp Arena. I got to cut down some nets and uh, play in front of uh, not very many fans, but a couple. I got some family members there in town, but it was a great time. We had a great uh, experience there at the fantasy uh, Players First Fantasy Experience. I was coached by Antonio Reeves, who was the MVP in the Bahamas, Sean, uh, and then Adu Thero and uh, Grant Darbyshire were my three coaches. Uh, Jerry Wainwright is the uh, uh, MVP. He was the uh, GM of the uh, team, so I got some good coaching from a uh, an OG, a vet in the college realm. So. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a, a blast with it, and uh, I'm sure, as Jacob Toppin in this uh, stream, uh, he made fun of me for not being able to make free throws, but uh, I had a great time with it, Sean. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing these free throws as, as we speak here, but uh, I think majority of the posts that I saw you make or tweets, you were kind of getting some therapy there. You know, you seem to really be enjoying the whole just taking care of your body and the recovery process there. That, that's what I was paying attention to. I was like, Jack's living it up right now. Yeah, so I the massage therapy, the leg, uh, you know, the the uh, stretcher out leg massage, you know, warm cold things. I, I don't know whatever they had that was available to me. I was going to take advantage of it. I know I was the uh, youngest person there at the camp, but man, uh, it sure does make you feel old running those ninety four feet. You get off, you get every single one of those those 94 feet there, Sean. Rupp Arena is no joke. It was everything regulation, NCAA refs, um, scorekeeper, stat keeper. I mean, it was it was a regulation game at Rupp Arena, and uh, I was certainly feeling it after the fact. I'm still very sore. I woke up with a crick in my neck, and uh, it was it was something that I. Uh, uh, you just gotta you gotta see it to believe it, and you gotta feel it to believe it. I think that's the best way to put it. But back to back championships, right? You got the one last year, got the one this year. You cut down the nets. Did you cut down the nets last year? Was that we part did. of it? This this was a new interesting touch this this year, Sean. It was a uh, they were playing one shining moment in the background with you know all the uh, pizzazz and and confetti and all that stuff. We stepped up on the ladder with our championship shirts. Uh, and cut down the Rupp Arena nets. It was it was pretty cool. I got a picture about kind of a, a, a up and under picture from Dr. Mike with the uh, Rupp's rafters in the background, all the UK basketball legends in the background. And then there's my goofy ass up there uh, cutting down the nets at Rupp Arena. The most ridiculous weekend of my life. Uh, Coach O and some of the other assistants were making fun of me all weekend going, dude, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? This is just, uh, just why? This makes no sense. But yeah, there, look, at, look at this. There you are. Yeah, there I am cutting down the nets with it. When, when does UK's the UK's uh, greatest in the background, and then there's me uh, just getting the trophy from Coach Cal. It was, 
the, easily the most ridiculous thing I've ever done. So, uh, did you lean in there and tell him that you have two championships now? Was that what you told him? <laughs> right no, I didn't. And uh, any positive progress that I made, uh, you know, kind of building that relationship with the coaching staff and, you know, uh, and massaging things a little bit and making sure that things are good uh, on our end that I think that would immediately kill it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you can't, you can't eliminate. No, you can't, you can't build all that and then just uh, tear it down in one moment. No, but I'm glad you had a good weekend and two straight years for you there. Is, is this going to be a thing now? Is this like the Jack Pilgrim 48 Jersey going to be running up and down the floor at Rupp Arena? Look, uh, so last year, I, I actually found a picture from last year. And uh, so I, I was actually down 20, 25 pounds from where I was last year. And I saw where I was uh, sitting in those same massage chairs last year. And I filled those chairs out quite well, Sean. I saw the picture today. Uh, you could clearly tell I was very out of breath. I was out of shape last year. So the cardio felt good. So if, if they invite me back and, and I, as I was leaving, they said, can't wait to see you back next year. So I'm like, good. <laughs> So hoping to kind of continue that trend, getting back in shape uh, where I played, I went, I played pretty well, Sean. I'm not going to lie. It was, I, I really struggled from the free throw line. I got rattled. Uh, Jacob Toppin bullied me at the line. It was not very nice. He was saying Jack Pilgrim can't shoot free throws. Uh, Savi Wheeler and Lance Ware were saying Twitter fingers, basically saying all you do is do social media and, um, you know, media stuff with Kentucky. You can't actually hoop. So, uh, they were trying to get in my head, but I still I finished with a double double on the last game in the championship game. So I played OK, but the goal is my third year. I'm going to be at the, the best shape of my life. I'm going to be uh, hooping at the best uh, at the peak of my uh, abilities. And I think uh, when push comes to shove, my third year is going to be my best year. But it, it was a, a very solid all around performance, I think, uh, th this weekend. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to have to find out a way to get involved in this down the road and maybe uh, make my appearance at the uh, the pro camps thing there at Rupp Arena. We'll see. Hey, what I, think, I think this is a sponsorship opportunity. I think this is going to be cool for us to, uh, you know, continue to take our talents, our uh, our media talents there <laughs> uh, to do it. Shout out. Uh, we were getting some people call, some people viewing uh, Shelbyville, Kentucky represented. That's where we're actually hosting this as it's as it's happening. That's where I am currently. So uh, shout out to you, Cole Lawson. Uh, Shelbyville is most certainly represented. We got uh, James Osborne out of Maytown, Kentucky. We got Tony Raglan trucking across Texas right now. Shout out to you, Mary Stewart out of Middletown and Anderson Catfan in, in Louisiana or Louisville. And then Morgan Harlan out of uh, Bethlehem, uh, Pennsylvania. So I mean, look at that. We have people all over the country right now tuning in, ready to hear uh, the latest and greatest from the Sources Say crew. So Sean, uh, as we said to open up this show, we're going to talk about this team. We're going to talk about recruiting, whatever you guys want to know about uh, the latest in Kentucky basketball. We are here. We are uh, here to provide it. Uh, I guess let's get started, Sean. Uh, it's now been two-ish weeks since the Bahamas trip. Kentucky goes 4-0, an average of 50 points per win down in paradise. Uh, they did it against some pretty impressive competition. One of the games, obviously, not much competition there. Uh, but overall, uh, really a lot to like about Kentucky's performance down there. Uh, two weeks later, what are your kind of lasting impressions on, on this team now that the dust has settled a little bit? I think it's all the same. I think it's the excitement and the buzz that you're seeing every every time that you you read something. The the comment section has been very positive for the last couple of weeks. I think Kentucky fans like the preview that they got in the Bahamas of their team and all the experience coming back. But it, to me, the the takeaway still is the new guys, the Antonio Reeves, the guy that coached you there, 
over the weekend. He had an MVP performance down there in the Bahamas, and just uh, the young freshman, Casey Wallace, Chris Livingston, Adutiero, like so many positive things from all the new faces. I think that's the biggest takeaway still going into now September coming up here pretty soon. And I mean, look, think about it. Official practice is not far away. Big Blue Madness now, it's not far away. It was a, it seemed forever away there for a moment before they started the Bahamas. But uh, August went by pretty quickly, and uh, basketball is right around the corner. I think one of my biggest takeaways from the trip to the Bahamas is just how impressive the three freshmen were uh, down there, Sean. I thought uh, Case and Wallace, you knew exactly what you were going to get out of him. Uh, but Chris Livingston was somebody that I had some questions about in terms of role, what his position was going to be, what he was going to be comfortable playing. Uh, and I think he kind of shut everybody up where he said, you know what? Whatever you want me to play, whatever position you want me to play, uh, I can do that. I'm versatile enough to do that. Uh, I can play the two. I can play the three. I can play the four. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, a strong enough jump shooter that if you want me to come off uh, screens and, and you know, catch and shoot situations, I can do that at the, the two position. If you want me to be a, a slasher, uh, you know, kind of a, that mini LeBron James at, at the three, you know, he's an Akron native, uh, he grew up idolizing LeBron. Uh, you know, if you want me to be that, then go ahead. I, I can do that as well. If you want me to be a small ball four and kind of be a mismatch nightmare as that six, seven, 230 ish pound guy, uh, you know, he was put in that position and he did that well as well. So, uh, and then you obviously have a Thero who is growing by the day uh, listed officially UK just put out the rosters, I think this week uh, and listed him at six, six as of right now, um, which he came in, I think is like six, three, six, four. So he's already grown three inches. Uh, and I talked to him down in the Bahamas, and he said that he's planning on uh, growing as high as 6'10". Doctors still think his, his growth plates are wide open and think he can grow uh, as, as tall as 6'10". If you can get a 6'10", a Duthier, let, let's say he enters a season, Sean, at 6'7", 6'8". I mean, I think that's when you're starting to think, okay, whoa, what exactly can this kid be from day one? Because the question was, what is he going to be in year two, year three, maybe year four? Yeah. But if he's already 6'8 at this stage, Sean, what can Adu Thero be uh, from day one? I thought he was an immediate impact guy down in the Bahamas. And if he's already making that type of impact with growing pains, uh, what can he yeah. be in November when the game starts to count? Yeah, I think he has all the intangibles over his career at Kentucky to be an elite defender on the ball and off the ball. With as long as his arms are, that length, that frame continuing to grow – uh, I'm excited about him. I, I know going back to the spring when when he got that offer, me and you both were sitting here like, okay, who's who's this kid? Like, where's John Calipari today? That was on the heels of disappointing into last season. We're sitting here questioning, like, what is Cal doing? Like, this is a three-star kid out of Pennsylvania, someone that we haven't heard about. But then the thing that you you want to go back and you fall back on is John Calipari doesn't hand out scholarship offers to just anyone. And once we found out that that was an actual committable offer – you knew that he saw something there long-term with him. And I just think it's an intriguing piece. You're talking about a kid that just continues to add size to his frame. And uh, what will his role be this season? How tall is he when that first game happens? How tall is he? Forget the first game. Is he a kid that grows during the season and he's another inch taller by the time you get to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, talking to people around the program, being around him this week. I mean, he was my coach this, this weekend in, uh, at fantasy camp. I think the excitement right now with the Duthiero is that 
The coaches don't know what he is going to be. They don't really care right now about what he's going to be because I think the the possibility and the kind of intrigue, the long-term intrigue right now is kind of what makes him such a fascinating pros- prospect because, you know, is he going to be a 6'10 guard? Is he going to be, uh, you know, a 6'10 small forward, you know, kind of a small ball power forward where, with a bunch of guard skills? Uh, it, it was really fascinating because Anthony Davis was a guy that made that jump to 6'10 in high school and you recruited him as the final product, but Cal has not had a guy that you were kind of seeing the growth and the development as he was here, you know, with your hands on him and, and working with through the skill stuff with your hands on him right now. So I think that's kind of the most fascinating part that the, the Kentucky coaches and staff right now, they're like, you know what? I have no idea uh, what, what he's going to be, what position he's going to be. Uh, we don't know what we're going to do with him at the end of the day, but, we don't really care because we know that there's a lot to work with here. We saw just how impressive he was uh, down in the Bahamas. Sean, I think if, if you can get that and uh, and have him produce the way he was as is from day one, I mean, I think, goodness gracious, I think the sky is the limit uh, 100%. I don't know if we're uh, experiencing technical difficulties with Sean's connectivity. I think it's just me uh, running the ship here for a second while Sean gets back in uh, on the link. So while we're doing that, let's run through some of these comments. Uh, Kelly Hawk says, hi, hello, back. Morgan Harlan says, go Cats. Uh, Lewis Johnson says, let's go Big Blue. Some football stuff. We're not going to be talking about uh, football right now. This, that We have several other outlets for that. We have the 11 personnel, uh, KSR football podcast. Uh, plenty to work with there. Uh, Kevin Price says, will you be posting as podcast? Also, well, of course we're going to be doing that. We, we uh, are going to continue to just do the audio only, but we're going to add this video element uh, to these shows moving forward. Um, let's see. Brain Reed says, Jack, do we have a staff now that can beat Duke head to head for some recruits? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that Orlando Antigua, uh, KT Turner, uh, and Chin Coleman is a, is a group that's capable of uh, beating Duke head-to-head for these top recruits. I think that the uh, kind of honeymoon period, honeymoon stage uh, with uh, John Shire and that staff, I think, will run its course. I think when you are replacing a, a coaching legend like Coach K, I definitely think that that is uh, going to, uh, you know, you're going to get the the immediate intrigue and you're going to get uh, all that stuff. But I think when push comes to shove, uh, when you have a coaching staff, you know, with with Coach Cal as the centerpiece and Orlando Antigua, who is known as a go to closer and then a guy as respected as KT Turner uh, in terms of player development, Chin Coleman, who has that young kind of young up and coming swagger still. I definitely think that this is a staff capable of uh, beating Duke in head to head uh, recruitments. I definitely think think the uh, kind of cool factor is trending back in Kentucky's direction. So I really I'm really not all that worried about Duke long term. Uh, they they have this incredible recruiting class right now, but I definitely think when push comes to shove, I think the next couple of recruiting classes are definitely going to shift uh, in Kentucky's favor. Um, going down the list, I uh, got some more comments on on where people are uh, joining from. Uh, we got Octavius Dot- Dotson saying from Newburgh, Indiana. Uh, Luven- Luvenna Murphy from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so appreciate everybody coming in from all of their different areas. 
Um, let me just go to the next question. BST BST asked about Uganda Kingsley and, and uh, you know, the kind of back and forth with Andrew Slater and how that all unfolded. Look, Andrew Slater knows more about basketball recruiting and the ins and outs of uh, how things unfold and uh, where things come from. And the uh, just he's always three, four steps ahead of everybody else. So uh, when Andrew Slater says something, it always means something. And um, he said what he said at the time for a reason. And it was because it was a very complicated behind the scenes stuff going on with Uganda um, had to, you know, just kind of massage things a little bit. Uh, and uh, he handled it the way that he needed to at that time. That's why I kind of pulled back a little bit and just kind of went hush because I put something out that wasn't necessarily supposed to be put out at that given time. Uh, and then at the end of the day, the news came out the way it needed to come out. He ends up reclassifying the class of 2022. He ends up signing with Kentucky, the school that he always wanted to be. Uh, playing for. So at the end of the day, I, I think it was the best decision for him. Uh, no hard feelings. Andrew Slater, that's my guy. I love him to death. Uh, but he he knew what was going on. There was never any, you know, back and forth beef or anything like that. That was just kind of built up with the fans. So uh, definitely no concern there. I uh, definitely love my guy, Andrew Slater. He is the uh, uh, undoubted GOAT. Still waiting on Sean. I'm not sure uh, what is going on. He says that it kicked him. So I'm going to tell him real quick to uh, jump back in here. Let me send this message to him very fast. And then I'll continue to ask uh, some uh, answer, some recruiting questions, a couple on DJ Wagner. Obviously that's kind of the main one. Uh, Deister D one, two, three asked uh, Morgan Harlan says, yeah, I've not heard any else lately. About Wagner, uh, making sure that anybody else that had questions about DJ, uh, that their comments are seen as well. Um, so, yeah, DJ Wagner, Kentucky is currently in a holding pattern uh, right now that, you know, it, there's no real movement. Kentucky still feels very confident about where things stand with, uh, with him. They're just, you know, DJ's camp right now I don't think is in the process of thoroughly uh, exploring a decision. I think there was some talk that he wanted to get things over with uh, by the end of July, early August. And I think um, there was some stuff going on trying to figure out, you know, high school situation and who his teammates were going to be and things like that. Uh, it, it, a lot of movement just in terms of getting ready for the upcoming high school season happened that kind of uh, put recruiting on the back burner for the month of August. And I think right now he is not in kind of decision mode. There was some talk, you know, maybe he's going to want to get a decision out of the way. Uh, things like that. But uh, I definitely don't think that we are on the cusp of any imminent decision right now for DJ Wagner. Uh, I, you know, I don't think anything has changed. Kentucky has and always will uh, and always has been um, very confident in their chances to land DJ Wagner, even with the hiring of Kenny Payne, even with uh, the things going on behind the scenes with all that stuff and, and you know, kind of the banter back and forth. Uh, they want what's best for Kenny Payne. They want KP to land the best of the best in the country. They want it to be a, a very, you know, deep recruiting battle rivalry. Uh, they, they're, you know, welcoming for that opportunity, but not with this recruit. DJ Wagner is a guy that uh, this has been Cal's kind of baby from day one, basically from the time he came out of the womb, from the time he emerged as a high profile recruit. This has been D this has been John Calipari's guy. Uh, his relationship with Dewan is as tight as it gets. Uh, and I think Cal has basically made it known to everybody that will listen to him that 
he will do whatever it takes to get this kid landed uh, in, in Lexington. He has uh, Lance Ware, his former high school teammate at Camden, uh, already on the roster. He has Kareem Watkins, who is his actual brother, on the roster as is. So, yeah, you have Grandpa uh, over at Louisville in a you know, kind of development role uh, for that staff. But uh, Kentucky is still confident where things stand with DJ, and uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of worry uh, on that end um, at all. Um, going through some of these other questions. Cameron King asked about A.J. Johnson. Yeah, UK kind of flirted a little bit with A.J. Johnson to see what the deal was with him. Uh, I personally love A.J. Johnson. I think he's going to be a really, really good pro. I don't know how his game is going to translate very well to the college level. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he is a, an extremely polished ball handler. I think he gets to his spots long, kind of uh, athletic strides. I think he's going to be a very good pro in five years. If there's a play, a guard in this class that I'm betting on to be elite in five years or so in the NBA, I definitely think AJ Johnson is that guy. Um, I just don't think the timeline lined up properly with Kentucky with landing Rob Dillingham, uh, obviously going all in on DJ Wagner, landing Justin Edwards. You know, if if they hadn't landed Justin Edwards, maybe that AJ Johnson emerges as that third guard next to. Um, you know, next to Rob Dillingham and, and DJ Wagner, but I just don't think the timing aligned properly. Um, you know, Louisville's a, a school to watch for him. A couple other schools, I've heard the G League is definitely going to be looming for him. He just announced his transfer to Donda Academy. So uh, there's just, you know, some uh, just, I don't, it's going to be, if things had moved in the right direction, you know, three months earlier or so, and AJ had kind of made that significant jump into the top 15 ish. Uh, back then, I think that maybe would have emerged as an option for Kentucky. But uh, I think when push comes to shove now, uh, Kentucky is all in on its targets in that 2023 class. It, I don't think they're recruiting anybody else in 23. They're going after DJ Wagner. They're going after Aaron Bradshaw. And they're going after Ron Holland. That is their dream class. They want those three players to uh, join the recruiting class of uh, of Rob Dillingham, uh, Justin Edwards, and Reed Shepard. I think that's definitely somebody that um, – you know, that's that's going to be their dream class. And A.J. Johnson had things, you know, unfolded a little bit better. The timing worked out a little bit better. I think he would have been kind of the next guy up. But I just don't think the timing is going to work out uh, on that regard. While we're sticking with recruiting, Greg S. asked, any recruiting news uh, if we are in on uh, recruiting Bronny James? I don't think that Bronny James will be an option for Kentucky. I think it would have been a cool option. I think that that's definitely somebody that you would want around your program. Uh, a guy like LeBron James and the connections that he has in the basketball world. I definitely think that that's somebody uh, that I would be open to, you know, kind of having as a, uh, you know, Nike affiliate as a, you know, just in terms of branding, uh, you know, he's the most powerful name in basketball. You want those type of guys uh, around the program. And uh, I think it would have made a lot of sense, but, uh, you know, Bronny's going to want to, you know, want to play a lot. And uh, I, I think when you're already, kind of zeroing in on six players in that 2023 class and you account for the players that could be coming back next year. Antonio Reeves is planning on coming back. Uh, you know, some other guys, uh, the roster makeup just doesn't make sense to add a guy like Bronny James, given what his needs and what he's looking for. Uh, so I definitely don't think that that's, um, that's going to be a, a fit for Kentucky. Uh, I think he's looking elsewhere. Ohio State, you know, so a couple other schools are are out there uh, right now. Cole Lawson asks, early thoughts on Darren Peterson. Uh, incredible player. He's, he is, you know, arguably the number one prospect in the class of 2025. Big fan of his game. 
and I think more importantly, he is the number one prospect on Kentucky's board. He is somebody that uh, the, the, the coaching staff has loved from day one. The offer got announced today, uh, which is unprecedented. We have never seen a Kentucky offer this early. Uh, Cal has always been a guy that uh, he refuses to extend offers until a player is going into his junior season, the summer going into his junior season, that June 15th direct contact date has always been the uh, absolute minimum of when he extends scholarship offers. Uh, and this is the first. I mean, this is the first player that John Calipari has extended an offer to this early, as you can see. Uh, I mean, a lot of players, you know, uh, outlets don't even have a database set for him. It's this early, uh, no recruiting rankings, things like that. He's going to end up being a top five, top five, potentially top three player in that 2025 class. Kentucky is extremely, extremely high on him. And I was actually told uh, today when, you know, trying to figure out, is this offer legitimate? Uh, you know, is this just his people putting something out? It's absolutely legitimate. It's a it's a real offer. And I was told that these conversations actually happened a, a little while back uh, and that he's actually held this offer for uh, a couple weeks now. Uh, and he, they just now decided to put that information out. So, uh, again, this is absolutely unprecedented. It just kind of goes to show how high Kentucky is uh, on this kid. They are extremely, extremely high on Darren Peterson and uh, you know, sticking with that 2025 class, obviously uh, Cooper Flag is going to be at the top of their recruiting list. They have had some early conversations with people uh, in his camp. Koa Pete, one of my personal favorites in the class, uh, they like him quite a bit. Um, you know, it's just very early in the class of 2025, and I think it, it you know, makes sense uh, to to have a an in depth conversation about why Darren Peterson is that first guy. In the class, it's because Kentucky is extremely high on him and thinks that he's going to be a very long-term, um, you know, high-level option down the road. That they uh, they're very, very high on his game. So um, I, I definitely would keep a very close eye on Darren Peterson. Um, Nick McCardell, my guy, uh, as percentage chance on Ron Holland. So. Kentucky is very, very high on Ron Holland. They are still uh, viewing him as that, you know, kind of alternate option. They want him. They want to close out this class, not either or with Aaron Bradshaw and Ron Holland. They want Ron Holland by himself alongside Aaron Bradshaw and DJ Wagner. Those are the three players that they want to end this class with. That's kind of the dream class scenario for uh, this program right now. Uh, they're making a strong push. Arkansas is obviously Right there, Baylor's making a push. He's looking to make a visit to Texas. Still very early in the recruiting process. I talked to him at uh, you know one of the EY, late EYBL stops, and he said initially his plan was to announce in September, but the way things have trended with his recruitment here, here lately, uh, he has decided to kind of just hit pause and say, you know what, take a step back. There is no need for me to rush to any decision when I have these new schools emerging. Kentucky, uh, you know, he likes Texas. Arkansas has been on him from day one. UCLA was a pretty strong option, but uh, I think definitely Baylor is, has made a recent push here uh, as of late. Uh, but Kentucky's right there in the thick of, th thick of things. They like where things stand. Um, I, I don't think that they – I would classify them as the favorite right now, uh, but they're definitely making a push, and they're making it clear that, you know, we have immediate playing time for you. We have an avenue to the NBA for you. Uh, and, look, you're going to be playing alongside pros. He play, He looked very – very strong out uh, in the uh, USA uh, playing overseas uh, for the U-17 team. He was tremendous. It was the best I've seen him look in a very long time. And the reason, I think, in part why he looks so so good is because of the you know talent around him. He fits in extremely well around other talent. 
Uh, and I think uh, he knows that. And it's kind of a similar situation situation with Justin Edwards, where, where other schools are making a push and saying, look, uh, you know, you can be our go to guy. You can be the superstar of this team. We'll, you know, come here and, and put 30 points up a game and as many touches and shots as you want. And, and I don't know if that necessarily fits uh, his style. He wants playing time and he obviously wants a, a, an opportunity to make a statement and, and, you know, get to the league as soon as possible. But at the same time, there's there's kind of that fine balance of do you want to, you know, be the guy and, and the only guy on the team or do you want to be one of many uh, where you can, uh, you know, put up your numbers, kind of showcase yourself uh, on college basketball's greatest stage. Uh, and I think that's definitely something that appeals to him. But I definitely keep an eye on Arkansas and Baylor as well. I think those three schools are definitely uh, some to keep an eye on. Uh, Captain Saveo says, do you think Cal will platoon early in the season? I think it will depend entirely on just how far along Uganda Kingsley Onyenso is. Uh, he is somebody that the staff is very high on, especially defensively. They're going to kind of slow him in. Sean, we finally got you back. I had to completely restart my MacBook. I tried. I mean, I've just been sitting here rambling, waiting for you to uh, jump back on. I'm, I'm dying to get your thoughts on things. I've just been like, all right, well, yep. I guess I'm just kind of take this thing and, and, Mitch, and roll with it. But I'm, I'm grateful that uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch Barnhart called me during the interruption and said that he loves the checkerboard. Oh, does he look good? Good. I'm glad. I'm very much uh, glad he approves. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. And Captain Saveo says, "Do you think Cal will platoon early in the season?" Uh, I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this one. It's a really good question because go back seven years, and he's all the time talked about he won't platoon again, right? Like, and but you saw all the bodies and all the the lineup combinations and and stuff that he had there. I'm not going to call it a platoon but I think he ends up playing nine, 10 guys. Like, I don't think you're going to see the five in five out type of scenario that he did in 2015, but I think you're going to see two or three guys going in at a time, mixing some lineups because I think he's going to want to see early in the season who he has, what he has. I know we saw that in the Bahamas, but you didn't see the extended minutes for Oscar Shibway. You didn't see the extended minutes. Uh, you know, Lance Ware didn't play a ton of minutes in the Bahamas. So I think you will see a lot of guys play early, but I don't want to call it a platoon, but I do think he's going to go deep into that bench. I'm curious your thoughts on Uganda Kingsley on Yen. So I, before you uh, made your uh, recovery back on the show, uh, I asked, you know, I was just kind of talking about uh, the possibility of, of Uganda. They love his possible, his potential from day one, defensively, he's an elite shot blocker. They think he can be an immediate impact on that end. Still very, very raw offensively. That's definitely going to be a, a work in progress on the other end of the floor. Um, that, I think, will kind of decide, is this a 10-man rotation? Is this, you know, could we get to the platoon stuff? My gut says no. I think that they want to ease him in. Uh, there's no real rush to kind of just throw him in with the Sharks from day one. Um, but I'm curious your thought, your thoughts on on if uh, Uganda could be kind of a well, you know, spark plug guy off the bench. The, the thing that certainly helps him is he's on campus now. Like he got there in August. This wasn't a mid year enrollee like where he's missed months and months of practice. Like he's going to be there leading up to those uh, first official practices. So I think him making an impact. Like the thing is that, that I look at with this team. You don't. You don't. You're not going to need guys that have to put the ball in the basket. You're not going to need guys that have to score points. If you can make an impact defensively, I think that's the easiest way to get minutes on this team this season. If you can impact that end, and he's going to do the one thing that not a lot of guys on this team that's really going to be able to do, and it's affect shots above the rim and at the rim. And I mean, if that's something that shows up in practice and he's able to do it at a high level, and can he steal some minutes here and there? 
Uh, the biggest thing will be, obviously, what is the long-term trajectory for his plan? Like, what does Kentucky see best fit for him? Is it to play some spot minutes if needed this season, or is it to redshirt and come back and be ready and kind of be that big man to go alongside all those 2023 guys a year from now? The thing is, if he impresses enough in practice – I think they'll at least entertain the idea. The difference is he's getting on campus and getting the full year. It's not a mid-year enrolling, so we don't even have to question it in January, February. We can start talking about it now and probably have a decision made by the time the season starts. And I think the most important part with Uganda, some, something that uh, we've just read and heard and seen just constantly since his commitment is the is he the next Shaden Sharp? Is he going to be a, a none-and-done, sit this entire year, uh, and then go to the NBA draft. Look, this is a kid that knows exactly who he is as a basketball player, Sean. This is somebody that he is not in any rush uh, to kind of, you know, expedite the process, get to the pros as fast as possible. This isn't a guy that's, you know, top 10 on on draft boards right now. This isn't somebody that's going to be uh, this, you know, kind of miraculous late, uh, you know, NBA combine guy that just blows everybody away. Uh, in individual workouts the way that Shaden Sharp could. The reason why Shaden looked so good is because he had traits that uh, translated unbelievably well to, you know, going against cones in, in, in uh, one versus zero workout. He could hit shots at all three levels. He can, you know, dazzle you with the dunks and the, you know, crazy floaters and the whoopsie-doos or whatever you want or whatever Cal calls them. He had all of that to his game that looked impressive uh, in that type of setting. What's Uganda going to do uh, in a 1v0 individual workout in, at the combine? What's he going to – you know, that that's not the setting where he's going to have this miraculous blow-up. Uganda knows exactly who he is as a basketball player. That's why he came to Kentucky. He came here to develop against guys like Oscar Shibwe, who uh, is also from Africa, kind of saw that as his – you know, kind of long-term trajectory of I can see, you know, Oscar kind of came from an area of where I came from, a similar background, similar upbringing, didn't, you know, Oscar played soccer, Uganda didn't play basketball growing up, kind of a similar situation. If they could put him uh, on that situation, then, you know, you know, why, why can't uh, they do, do the same thing with Uganda? Uh, so I think that's definitely the long-term path. Kentucky 100,000% sees this as a uh, long-term partnership between the two. Uh, I definitely see this as a, a multi-year deal here in Lexington. Um, and I, I would definitely pencil him in as a as a guy to kind of anchor that front court next season in Lexington. Uh, absolutely. I think that the front court piece is already on campus for next season's roster. And I think that is Uganda. But the, the thing with him that is different than Shaden Sharp, and you got into it all. Shaden Sharp was a three-level scorer that the NBA fell in love with without having to see him play. Uganda Kingsley is a guy that scouts want to see in action at Kentucky, at the collegiate level, how he projects not only defensively, how he projects offensively. That wasn't the case with Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp was going to go in that range regardless of whether he played or not. We knew that. I think we all knew that, or at least in the lottery. Uganda is going to be a guy that has to have production in the collegiate game before a team is willing to take a first-round pick on him. Uh, on that note, Kevin Price asks, uh, Uganda at center for 2023, we get Aaron Bradshaw. Does Cal play Aaron Bradshaw at the four then? Look, Aaron Bradshaw is somebody that uh, I will openly admit I did not like his game just January. Uh, in January, I looked at him, I thought he was this kind of slow, trotting, didn't move very well, big man that 
you know, block shots okay, finished pretty strong around the rim, but not extremely well. Uh, just did a lot of things okay, but nothing elite about his game that I liked. And he was a seven foot kind of just mobile big that, you know, kind of was what he was. I thought this spring and summer, he made a tremendous jump. I thought he was uh, unbelievable, uh, especially late in Peach Jam. He was knocking down shots from the perimeter. And I think that's where that vision kind of started with Kentucky. Uh, I know Kentucky is very, very high uh, on him. I think Kentucky sees Aaron Bradshaw as somebody that uh, could down the road be a very high draft pick. And, you know, I still think it's a work in progress, but they love his kind of pick and pop ability that he has shown here in recent weeks, months, uh, you know, kind of dating back to the spring. So, Sean, could you see Aaron Bradshaw, a seven foot one center at the small ball four, or not small ball four, but at kind of a stretch four position uh, with Uganda as the kind of anchoring shot blocker down low? Is that a match or would you kind of see them stagger a little bit? What are your thoughts there? That's a, that's a lot of length and that's a lot of size, right? On the floor at once. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I could see it if if uh, if those two games continue to develop and stuff. And if they ultimately are at Kentucky together, I could see Cal experience or experiment with it and, you know, put those two big bodies in there. But, but I think it would go more alongside somebody else playing small ball four. And I think Kentucky's going to have a lot of really good perimeter players on that roster next year that you might have to slide a couple of guys to that to that four spot. And another thing too, that, that you need to bring up, uh, I mean, we're talking, there's going to be multiple guys on this Kentucky roster that are going to have some decisions to make when it comes to an additional year with the COVID year that we're probably going to be talking storylines about as the season goes throughout. Like Jacob Toppin, is, is he done after one year? Does he decide to take another year? I mean, even let's say it too, Oscar Sheepway. Does the NIL factor play in to another year of college basketball? Does it lead to an NBA career? Like there are some things that I know it's still too early to discuss, but there are a lot of factors that are going to go into play when it comes to who is on Kentucky's roster. I know when they wrapped up the Bahamas, Antonio Reeves is a two-year eligible guy. He can take advantage of that. C.J. Frederick could play three. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that could play out with this roster, and you could see it going a lot of different ways. Xavier Wheeler. I mean, there's all kinds of options there with that COVID year. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I want to give a quick shout out to Kyle Henderson who gave us a, a tip, the, the super tip here in the chat. Uh, this is a brand new thing that I didn't even know was a possibility until about a week or two ago. So shout out to you. Appreciate that. If you appreciate our work, uh, do the same thing with the super tips, uh, special tips here in, in the chat. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, 
you know, always, always feels good to know our work is being appreciated. So uh, thank you, Kyle Anderson. And if there's uh, more where that comes from with some of these other uh, viewers, by all means, uh, go, go on and do that. Really appreciate that. Um, going through some of these other comments. Oh, Tyler Thompson says, what's everyone's best Uganda pun? Let's hear them. Uh, Captain Zaveo says, you're going to put me in, coach. Uh, Sean, give me a give me an on the spot. Uh, you, oh, you oh goodness, you're putting me on the spot. I, I love that you're going to put me in, Coach. I, I actually know him too. I know that guy that put that in. That's very clever. You, you, you gonna give me a you gonna pun? Ah, <laughs> you're gonna like you're gonna like the results. How about that? Oh, I, I do like that. Um, uh, one of the other questions that we got from Scott Turner: Who do you believe on this kind of same? Uh, conversation. Who do you believe returns from this current roster to play UK for 2023, 2024? Uh, Sean, I think you brought up a really good point with Oscar Sheboy as a guy. Like, I mean, I, I, you obviously want to go all in on Aaron Bradshaw. You have that possibility, but at the same time, you also have to account for uh, his conversations with the G league. He, that's something he has been very open about. He says, as of right now, I remember I asked him at the MBPA top 100 camp, uh, about his upcoming decision. He said, my college decision, you know, went out of his way to specify that right now he's focused on the college decision and maybe making a commitment on that front. Uh, he told me in a later interview that he was planning on making a decision this fall. I talked to some people around the program uh, here this week, uh, this weekend about, you know, Aaron Bradshaw, just kind of what's the latest there. Uh, they said, you know, they still like where things stand. Um, his mom's very adamant about getting some visits knocked out and really just kind of being a little bit more patient with this process. So I don't expect anything imminent uh, on his front. They still feel good about where things stand there. But uh, I think his mom, after he, I'll, it, you know, I think it's pretty fair to admit uh, he was pretty adamant about committing to Kentucky. That was a done deal. He was uh, ready to make that public. And I think, uh, his mom kind of said, well, why are we rushing to this decision right now? There's really no need to get this out of the way right now. And there's so many other moving parts. Uh, you know, he's still trying to figure out where he's playing his high school season uh, as, a, as a senior, things like that. There's just a lot of stuff going on that his mom was just kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we just kind of tying ourselves down to one school right now? There's no rush. We can uh, decide really at any point where you know, where we want to go, when we want to do it, things like that. So he said his tentative plan right now is to commit before the high school season starts. So we're still we're still kind of in the loose, you know, here in the next month or two uh, time frame. But I don't see this as a, you know, where he's going to make a surprise pop decision here in the next um, you know week or two. But definitely something to kind of keep on your little bit of a distant radar. Uh, but Sean, I, I definitely think that kind of plays into the question Scott asked about uh, who returns for next year. Do you go all in on Aaron Bradshaw, knowing that you have uh, Oscar Sheboy still kind of in your back pocket, knowing how much money he's making with NIL, things like that? It's a very difficult kind of way to go about doing things for the Kentucky coaching staff. It is. And, and when you're talking about who returns, I mean, obviously it's still too early to, to really know, but I would expect quite a few guys to return. And I think you'll also have quite a few guys probably going to the NBA. I like if what we saw of Jacob Toppin in the Bahamas, I think Jacob Toppin's an NBA draft pick. I do. I fully believe that. Uh, but when you're looking at the roster of the 11 guys, all 11 of them have the option to return if, if it works out in their favor. But we know Kentucky's going to bring in more than three high school guys. 
So, I mean, I know we were talking to Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, Justin Edwards. Like, we, we know that those guys are on their way. Uh, Kentucky fans obviously hope DJ Wagner is a part of that. So there's going to be pieces coming in. So you know you're going to have people leaving the program. But it's a, it's a unique situation to be in, especially when you look at the perimeter and you're talking about guys such as Anadu Thiero and C.J. Frederick, Antonio Reeves. All three of those backcourt pieces could be on next year's roster to go with those three guys that I just named and possibly D.J. Wagner. Like that is a very deep and loaded one through three options in the perimeter there. And then you don't even get into the front court about what those options are as well. But I still expect Casey Wallace to be an NBA draft pick. I think Chris Livingston has all the tools and tangibles to be an NBA draft pick after one season at Kentucky. They're going to have some dudes that are worthy of being drafted in the NBA. But I think there's going to be a collection of guys that also are going to be in that situation, a position to return. Yeah, I, I just think Kentucky is in such a phenomenal position right now, Sean. Uh, where they kind of have as many options as they as they want. I asked, uh, you know, here just just recently about, uh, you know, okay, if things go south with DJ Wagner, what's the plan? What is there a you know backup plan? Is there somebody that you guys like? Uh, you know, would you go for uh, say Isaiah Collier, who is kind of emerging as maybe the the you know the number one point guard in that class of twenty twenty three? You know, kind of the the responses I've I've gotten so far, kind of you know. Yeah, we'd probably be open to it, but we're kind of all in on DJ right now where that's not even something that's on our radar. We feel good about DJ. We're not even going to uh, entertain these other options. But if it does get to that point where things slip, whatever, for whatever reason, it, it, I mean, say, uh, you know, whatever. No, I'm not even going to make up hypotheticals, but just say things slip with DJ. Uh, you know, you have Ian Jackson as a guy who could reclass from the class of 2024. You have Trey Johnson as a guy. Uh, who I don't think is, you know, I think his body needs some some time to mature a little bit, but uh, UK is very high on him. Those are UK's top two targets in the class 2024. 20, you could make a push uh, in that regard. I definitely think Ian is somebody who is very open to a reclass, and he'd probably be the number one option there. But, Sean, as you said, you still have Savir Wheeler as kind of a somebody you have in your back pocket that, uh, you know, you can convince to come back with NIL, things like that. I, I mean – you could have a whole lot worse in life than a super, super senior Savir Wheeler come back alongside Rob Dillingham, Justin Edwards, say Ron Holland, and maybe Oscar Sheboy again, or, uh, you know, you got a Kingsley with Aaron Bradshaw. I mean, the, it just feels like there are so many options trending toward Kentucky and things are going so well in that regard that, Cal can kind of get a little selfish here and kind of, you know, turn down some pretty damn good talent if he wants to because of the, you know, kind of a pick from the best of the best of, of this. Well, yeah. And it'll be one of those situations that the buzz for an additional year of Oscar Shibway started growing. I mean, it's pretty early in the season, right? Like I'm or like into the SEC conference schedule a year ago, you kind of already identified that Kentucky was confident that it have that would have its one and its five back from this past season's team. So, and th I think another thing that needs to be added in, and, and Cal's in a very comfortable spot right now because he's already landed three very talented players, and honestly, four if you count Ugana. Like you, I think, like we said this a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that Ugana should be factored into twenty-three alongside Reed and Dillingham and, and Edwards because that I, we expect him to make the biggest impact then and to play as that big man alongside that class. So. Having those four pieces already in your back pocket with these guys like an Antonio Reeves or a C.J. Frederick that you and I have talked about for a year now that we expected Frederick to be a long-term piece at Kentucky, 
that's a nice luxury to have, to be in a comfortable position to where you've already got a very talented class. If like if this class ended as is with those three and then you add Ugana and then you get some guys to return, it's still another very talented Kentucky basketball team that's probably going to rank in the top ten, possibly top five going into the next season. The difference is if you get a DJ Wagner, you get some of the other guys to come back, you're talking a team that's preseason number one, number two, number three. Like that's a that's a very talented team. So Cal is in a very good spot. That portal year where they loaded up on Oscar Shibway, CJ Frederick, Kellen Grady, Xavier Wheeler, that was the year that kind of bridged us to what we're seeing right now. That was a huge offseason to hit the portal and take advantage of it. I don't think you'll ever see Kentucky do that again. I don't think you'll ever see them just load up on portal pieces. I think it's going to be the high school recruiting route, and that was a question we had a year ago. What will their philosophy be in recruiting? It's going to be to get the best of the best in high school and then go get an Antonio Reeves or someone like that to come in and kind of bridge that gap at a certain position for maybe a year, maybe two years. Uh, keep going through these uh, some of these comments and questions. Uh, Patrick Kelsch asks, do you see Reed getting a lot of minutes as a freshman with such a strong class and with who will be returning? Um, we've talked a lot about Reed Shepard. We are both very, very high on Reed Shepard's game. I, for one, think that he will be playing early. Uh, and I think uh, he will be making it an immediate impact early. And I think some of the gripes, Sean, that we've had about uh, Reed and kind of how he is definitely more team focused, kind of a uh, almost selfless to a fault where he, he's a little too passive for our liking at times. I, I think that plays into his favor from day one as a uh, as a rotation guy because he's going to play within the system so well that I think – uh, you know, he's going to defend. He's going to do the little things. He's going to make the extra pass. He's going to defend. You know, he's going to do uh, a lot of little things to keep him on the floor and not try to overdo it to take him off the floor. I definitely think that that definitely plays in his favor. Maybe not to be a star from day one. I definitely think he has that possibility where he could be a, you know, Tyler Hero type scorer down the line, maybe in year two or potentially year three if, if he even stays that long. Because I do think he is an NBA type of talent. Um, I definitely think that uh, we will be seeing some minutes. I don't know if it's a, a lot of minutes, but Reed Shepard will play in year one, Sean. He will, and there's a couple of things that are going to help him, and uh, one of them is his ability to be an on-ball or off-ball guy offensively. Like he can take he can take rain and, and lead the one. He can play the two, and I think his size could even uh, see him slide and play a three-guard lineup, one through three there. And uh, his IQ stands out to me when you watch him play. He is very aware. He sees the floor very well. Jack, you and I have watched him play together multiple times now, and I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've seen him grab a rebound and throw an outlet pass the entire length of the floor mm -hmm. to someone scoring a layup. Like He's a guy that's going to push the tempo. He's going to understand his position. The key will be how well he defends. If he can defend from day one at Kentucky, he plays from day one at Kentucky. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Cole Lawson asked a little bit earlier. Uh, I want to make sure we get through some of the ones that uh, we missed earlier. He says, what are you hearing regarding the new basketball uniform similar to the ones we saw in the Bahamas? I definitely think that that's going to be that white jersey with kind of the uh, uh, arch uh, lettering. I definitely think that's going to be kind of the closest that we're going to be seeing. I haven't seen them with my own two eyes yet, but just kind of talking to people. Uh, behind the scenes, it's a, I think there's a consensus that that's going to be a, a very similar look. It's not the look, but uh, if you're thinking kind of long term of what it's going to look like, I definitely would uh, use that as the um, kind of baseline. You know, I think they're going to add a little bit something, something else to it to, you know, add to the 
uh, on-court flair uh, to make it less, you know, kind of practice jersey, exhibition jersey, more, you know, game Nike, you know, serious uh, on-court jersey. I, I definitely think that's uh, the case there. Uh, Morgan Harlan asks, when will the full schedule be released? Honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, we've gotten kind of 90% of the, um, uh, uh, you know, of those uh, schools that are on the schedule right now, uh, talking to Cal just this weekend at, at the fantasy camp, he said uh, that this is the hardest schedule in America, that that by all by all stretches of the imagination, that this is the, the toughest schedule in America. You got Louisville, you got Kansas, you got uh, Gonzaga and a home and home. Uh, shout out Patrick Kells. Appreciate uh, the super chat there. That's that's just means a whole lot to me. This is new. This is I, I, I like that we're getting these new little added features uh, here, Sean. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, Cal went out of his way to uh, say that this is the hardest schedule in, in uh, college basketball, Sean, and that he was very I want to touch on this after I get your thoughts on the, the schedule. But um Cal's very, very high on this team, team, even considering how difficult the conference schedule will be or yeah. the conference schedule will be. Yeah, this this is a schedule. And when it comes down to being released, I would expect it sometime in the next couple of weeks. It, it usually seems like it's early September. Now, I know COVID kind of threw, threw a wrench in there, and it was a little bit later, I believe, a year ago. But it, it feels like sometime between now and mid-September, we'll have an idea of exactly what these dates are in the SEC, what these dates are in the non-conference, and all of them together. I love the schedule. Uh, I love the addition of, of Gonzaga. I know that everybody probably wanted that game to be at Rupp Arena this year. You'd have had Gonzaga, Kansas both coming to Rupp. You'd have Louisville coming to Rupp. But I think having Louisville and Kansas at Rupp Arena, I think it makes sense to go on the road to Gonzaga then have that as a home game next year kind of as your marquee out-of-conference matchup. But th this is a schedule that is going to be loaded with quad one opportunities. And that's the big thing. Quad one opportunities in the non-conference schedule that – if Kentucky can get a collection of wins there in quad one, we we know last year Kentucky didn't start really building their resume until late December getting into the SEC. And that's something that we weren't used to seeing, right? Like a few years back, you were like, man, you're kind of, uh, you're running out of opportunities to get quality wins. That just shows how well the league is playing now, how balanced the league is. You got Arkansas in there, you got Tennessee, you got Auburn, you know, those are going to be quad one opportunities most likely. And uh, Kentucky's going to get plenty in the non-conference as well. Like this is a team that could uh, stockpile quad one wins and build that NCAA tournament resume. Uh, so on that note, um, talking to uh, so Cal had a couple opportunities this weekend at fantasy camp to have the microphone in his hand, and both times, Sean, uh, he had some pretty strong quotes uh, about this upcoming team. Um, basically, said. The, the the growth that I've seen from the players coming back last season, the uh, the readiness of the current freshmen, the you know the the readiness of the transfers coming in, Antonio Reeves, guys like that, and then on top of that, he said that just kind of the character these these guys have, the uh, heart that they have, how they you know are so selfless and and you know giving to the community. Sean, uh, one of the coolest parts of this weekend at fantasy camp, they did they played Family Feud. It was a um, so behind the scenes, they had this, uh, you know, charity event game going on where it was going to bring in Rob Dillingham. And uh, they were talking about bringing in DJ Wagner and Aaron Bradshaw. And I mean, this was supposed to be just this absolutely just monstrous recruiting event uh, in town. And it was supposed to be aligned with all of these high profile donors in town at the same time. Where it was going to be a huge, huge, huge donation effort 
for you know flood relief in eastern Kentucky. It really sucks that it got canceled. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes about how that happened. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Um, but in response to that, they decided to, you know, kind of a last second, that was going to be the headlining event of the fantasy camp weekend. Instead, they did this, this family feud event where uh, the teams got the entire roster got split into two and they competed against each other for family feud. And the winner winning team got 10 grand cash, whatever they wanted to do with it, cash you get uh, through NIL because they are coaching this weekend. It was, you know, completely legal uh, NIL opportunity where, uh, a cool, a cool opportunity. They they play Family Feud, and and the winner gets 10k. Sean, the players went out of their way to say we're not going to touch this money. It's going straight to flood relief in Eastern Kentucky, and it was one of many different things that we've seen. They put together the telethon at Rupp Arena, the open practice that that was started by CJ Frederick. The rest of the teammates kind of went in on that together. They all piled together and said, we need to do whatever it takes for uh, Eastern Kentucky flood relief. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff that they did. And they did the Samaritan's feet down um, in the Bahamas, which is something that uh, Cal has, you know, that's been something that's near and dear to his heart for a long time. Uh, but he went out of his way to make sure that this team does it as well. Uh, but, Sean, it just feels like opportunity after opportunity when they have the, the, the chance to use their platform to do good. They continue to do that. Uh, and Cal went out of his way to say, yeah, they have all the talent. They have all the experience. You got shooting, rebounding, playmaking, defense. You know, they have all the stuff on the floor. But the character off the floor is why I think this team has a chance to be great, be elite. And, and I think the exact uh, verbiage that Coach Cal used, um, and let me pull up the article I posted here uh, just a little bit ago, uh, says that they have the opportunity to chase greatness this this yeah. season. Um, he said, uh, the quote, let's chase greatness. How good can this team be when you watch the games in the Bahamas where you like, wow. Uh, and then he said uh, a little bit later, uh, what you found out down in the Bahamas, the biggest thing, we've got a good group, good players. The vets have gotten better. Every one of them more confident. This use, this team is using that St. Peter's stuff as fuel. Took us some time to get over that. I've not had a team lose uh, that kind of game. And, well, that was the first time I was stunned. We lost that game. This team is using that as fuel, and I'm loving it. And then he said, "I no one is stealing my joy I'm going to have a ball coaching these guys. The competitiveness, yeah, they're going to compete against each other, but they're going to be about each other. Toughest schedule in the country, not the weakest, the toughest. Here we go. Let's do this. I'm excited. We've got that kind of group. I just want you, I want you to enjoy them as much as I enjoy them. I mean, we've heard the I like my team stuff from Coach Cal time and time again, Sean, but how often do you hear him kind of go to that length to – to stress this this team is one of those type of teams yeah it, it's those three words you know let's chase greatness and an opportunity to chase greatness and greatness obviously is is winning a national championship and that's what greatness is at kentucky it's getting to final fours it's winning national championships it's hanging banners i think he has a team that can do that i, I really do i think that what we saw in the bahamas and it's early right like they had those was it 10 summer practices there? So it's not a mm -hmm. ton of work together, but the just the togetherness that this team showed. And the biggest thing with me is you have guys on this team that have had significant roles. You've had a guy who's led the Power Five conferences in assists for two straight years. He's wore a Kentucky jersey. He's played at Rupp Arena. You've got Oscar Sheboy, who's the reigning national player of the year, the first return to college basketball since Tyler Hansborough 
over a decade ago. So you've got guys that have put like special players that have put on this jersey once. They've played in Rupp Arena. They understand what it takes to win, but they also had the most dis- one of the most disappointing losses in program history on their shoulders. Now they can throw that off and they can use it as motivation. And I think that getting Oscar Shubway back, getting your point guard back, that's a big deal building a special team. When you get those two pillar pieces back and then you mix in all this new talent, all this returning talent, I think Kentucky's got a chance to have a very special season. And that non-conference schedule gives them an opportunity to showcase it early. And I do want to add too. you know, I I talked to Cal uh, just there at the camp, you know, just, you know, talked just as a camper and, you know, not trying to be the media scoop guy trying to get to the bottom of things. But, uh, you know, just having those conversations with him, having those conversations with other coaches, other, you know, the players, just people around the program all weekend long. Uh, Sean, this optimism is genuine. And I I, want to stress that because it's not just when a microphone is in his hand and, and, you know, what he's trying to put out there publicly and, you know, for PR reasons. I 100% think that there is, you know, that type of buzz in Lexington right now, Sean, that this team has the, you know, kind of the goods of of what it takes to be a a national title contender. Uh, And and I think that's just something that I'll admit, you know, being in the Bahamas and being around that team down there and being around the coaching staff down there and just watching them with my own two eyes, I think that's kind of where you started seeing the, you know, putting two and two together like, okay, maybe maybe this is what we think it was. You know, mm-hmm. I think they liked the pieces that they had last year. I think they thought that was a team capable of making a run. Injuries got in the way, things like that. But I definitely think that this team thinks – that the coaching staff thinks that it, it upgraded at the positions it needed to upgrade. It added the depth that it needed to add. Uh, that They think that this roster is a better version of what it had last year. And they loved the team last year. So what does that tell you about this upcoming team? I just I 100 percent think that the optimism is very, very real around this program, that it's not just, you know, I like my team buzz to give them internal confidence and thing like things like that. I 100 percent think think that uh, they they truly believe that this is uh, a team capable, capable of chasing that greatness that Cal said. Uh, this isn't for PR reasons. This is, you know, genuine thoughts on this team. Uh, and I will be the first person to admit that it, it had me feeling, you know, butterflies, you know, a little bit of that giddiness in my stomach. Uh, they're uh, leaving fantasy campus past weekend and then definitely even more so uh, leaving Bahamas a couple weeks back. Yeah, and it's it's a roster that's full of guys that in the past you, you've had guys come through this program that if it didn't go their way instantly after one year, they, they hit the transfer portal or they were getting out of town trying to find the best situation for themselves. <laughs> But you've got players like Lance Ware who's gone on record talking about how much Kentucky means to him. You've got Damian Collins who sat last season, didn't really get the opportunities that a five-star guy would probably get somewhere else, and he's waived his opportunity. He was impressive in the Bahamas. You've got Jacob Toppin who is continuing just to progress his game and taking on an even greater role this year when probably he, he could have played some more minutes a year ago. But he was patient, waived his turn. Here he is. You've got freshmen coming in who have guys in this program that can show them the ropes and teach them and let them know, like, hey, this is what playing at Kentucky is all about. Cason Wallace, Chris Livingston, Adu Thierro, they're walking into a situation that is setting them up for success because of guys like Oscar Shibway, guys like Xavier Wheeler that can kind of hold the rope for them and kind of lead the way and let them just be talented freshmen 
to come in and kind of showcase themselves. Like this is a really special Kentucky basketball team that I think Kentucky fans are going to enjoy between now and April. Absolutely. Uh, let's start uh, wrapping up here. I want to uh, make sure that we hit some of these other comments. Appreciate all the listeners that we've gotten, especially all the super chats. Uh, absolutely awesome thing that uh, we've added with this. I, I just very, very grateful for that. Appreciate each and every one of you all tuning in. Uh, Cole Lawson says, uh, what was it like hearing Calipari's basketball school comments firsthand? Did you know it was going to blow up like it did? Truthfully, had no idea uh, because as it was happening, uh, I understood the point that he was trying to make going into it. I knew that he had kind of a, an agenda going into it of, uh, hey, I want to talk about this practice facility. This is something that I want. This is something that this program needs, which I wholeheartedly support him with. Uh, I, I mean, when you are the gold standard of college basketball and your roof is leaking uh, and you the, uh, you know, the new dorms being built on campus are nicer than the ones at the Wildcat Cole Lodge. I, I completely understand what coach Cal was trying to say and the meaning behind all of that. And I genuinely think that coach Cal meant every single word of what he said. I think he could, he, wanted to reword things differently. I think the way it came out, he didn't say it the way that he wanted to say it. But I think the meaning behind all of it is I was there when Mark Stoops was winning two games at the very beginning where they had no foundation whatsoever. I was there saying these facilities need to be improved for the football team. He was the first person saying we got to do whatever it takes to get uh, the football program where it needs to be and, and build that program up as high as it could possibly go. Uh, and I genuinely think that's, that's, you know, he's, he wholeheartedly supports the football program. That's something that he is, it's very passionate about. He wants nothing but success for all of the programs around UK athletics. And I think he kind of took, you know, not, took offense to uh, how people just kind of quickly forgot about how much he supported the football program from day one. Like that's not something he has always been all in on the football program. So why would they choose to kind of nitpick these very specific words and throw out the last 10 years of, of how much he supported Stoops in that football program? So I think that's where that frustration stemmed from. I don't think he meant a word uh, just kind of the, you know, we're a basketball only school. And I, I don't think that's the point he was trying to make. I think the point he was trying to make was people look at the University of Kentucky and think basketball. We have kind of gotten, you know, not away from that, but we need to understand that that we need to still be at the top of the times. We can't just go away from that. We, we are still a basketball focused school at the end of the day. We always have been. And, and I think that's something that he he has stood by, and and, and I don't disagree with him in the slightest. And, and I think that he is wholeheartedly pushing for this uh, facility, and I, and I think uh, it was taken the wrong way, and I think he I wish he wishes that it was worded differently. But as it was happening, Sean, I didn't think anything of it. I think, you know, I was just kind of sitting there going, I, I was more focused on laughing at his, you know, the Rupp Arena smelled like giraffe pee whenever I first – uh, walk in there. Those comments more so than uh, the basketball school stuff. But uh, I do think that at the end of the day, it's, you know, calm down. Everything is OK. And I don't think that there's hard feelings either direction. I think everybody should just move on from all of that. I don't think it's a basketball only school. I don't think it's a football only school. I think everybody can have fun and enjoy each other's company. And uh, both programs can be as successful as as you would like them to be. Uh, in Lexington, and I think we should all just move on happily. Yeah, well, it, it's one of those things that four years ago, had he made that comment, 
I don't think anyone would even be saying anything because obviously right. it was, the, I mean, obviously the, the success that Mark Stoops has had, it's, it's been impressive, mm-hmm. but it's been the last four years, it's taken it to another level. And, and when you look at Cal too, I, I, I would say that John Calipari would have liked to have said what he was saying without saying some of the things that he said. Like, I, I think if he had to go back and do it all over again, he probably wouldn't have even mentioned football period. He would have just said, we need this new practice facility and I think the thing that got him was when he used the line, no offense to our football team. When he said yeah. that, that kind of brings them into the conversation. And I think that's where if, if there was a mistake and if you feel like there was, I think that's where it was made because then, okay, you're, you're bringing them into this. So then it looks like you're trying to compare it. You're trying to say, okay, we're better. Like that's where I think if he could have just taken those couple of words, few words there out of it, I don't even think anybody would even paid attention to what the comment was. There was no ill intention. There was no, uh, you know, animosity toward the football program. None of that. Like, I mean, Coach Cal is is as supportive of the football program as he could possibly be. And I think he kind of got pissed off at how it was taken or it was like, I mean, come on, guys. Like, I, I, obviously, I support the football program and I always have and I always will. Why are we why are we doing this? Yeah, and I, I, I definitely think that uh, he wishes he reworded things. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't think it matters uh, there. At the, you know, w- w- all things considered, uh, let's wrap up here. A couple things. And Anderson KSR doesn't put out anything that's bad. She also says um, she listens to everything that we put out. Uh, and I love all the work KS, KSR does. So appreciate uh, you, Anne. That, that's very sweet of you. And I also uh, see her trying to figure out how to get those super chats working and, and throw some money our way. So, and I would definitely appreciate that as well. Uh, Cole Lawson, love this new format. Thanks, guys. We are looking for, we're going to do this every Tuesday night. So I hope you guys are ready. Um, you know, obviously that might change going into basketball season and depending on how some other schedule things work out. Yeah, but we definitely love uh, we're going to be doing this at this format on a very regular basis. So uh, make sure that you uh, are subscribed to this KSR YouTube page and uh, make sure that you uh, are, are subscribed and, and continue to enjoy this format, Sean. But I know uh, this is something that you enjoy. I apologize for the connection issues earlier in the yeah. show with you. I feel like you missed a nice like 10 minute chunk of this where we could talk about a little bit more stuff. But uh, I knew you uh I knew you would carry it, though. I knew that you would dive into the mailbag and you'd start answering questions and I'd pop in. I, I kept popping in, but I couldn't see anything. So I had to completely restart it. But no, like you you talked about that we're locked into Tuesday nights right now. How about this? 11, 11 weeks from now, Kentucky plays Michigan State in the Champions Classic. Mm. Not much longer. Mm. We love, 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 love to hear it. I appreciate each and every one of you jumping on before we get out of here. One quick Message from our uh, friends with Athletic Greens. Our next uh, next par- partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I had ramped up my daily workouts and eating a cleaner diet. And Athletic Greens was the perfect complement to my efforts in getting healthy. The thing is, I didn't want a chalky, nasty, bitter supplement that tasted like grass clippings. I wanted something I actually enjoyed with a mild tropical taste. It's a drink I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1? You are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right, the special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things that's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat 
uh, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Uh, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs. I already just said that. Uh, supports better sleep quality and recovery. Uh, supports mental clarity and alertness. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your per, uh, first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash pilgrim. That's P-I-L-G-R-I-M. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash pilgrim to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sean Smith, that wraps up our show. Uh, tell fans where they can find your work. You can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry. Find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for the Jam Pack Source Today podcast. We will see Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.